All Things Black with Garland and Calvin present Fanboys. Fanboys is a weekly breakdown of the sports world from a fan's perspective. Now, here are your hosts, Garland and Calvin. All Things Black presents Fanboys. Can I get to the yams? Sports podcast. <laughs> I'm Calvin. The remix god over there is Garland. What's going on, Garland? Turn on the to the yams. <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good <laughs> on, on a Saturday. Y'all can tell we've been cutting up before we started recording. Exactly. And, and so yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Pew, pew, pew. Can <laughs> I get to the yams? <laughs> this is and see, they don't know we we kind of we kind of drunk and stuff. We're not the drunk drinking, but this is late in the evening. Last week we. We did a really we super early. early in the morning. Yeah, now we are five o'clock in the morning. Now we like <laughs> twelve o'clock at night. <laughs> so you know the day is already set in, and you know you get a little yeah. delirious. You ready to lay down? And I've been drinking. You know, you know where you know where I came from. I've been drinking. He been wine head. Where you out? <laughs> what grapes you had today, Mister uh, Wine Head? So today I just got a uh, I just got a nice rosé. Uh, we just. We just had a bottle of rosé at the little winery. We was eating our little, our little crab cakes and salad, you know, just chilling out at the winery. And it was a lot of, mm. uh, actually, it's a lot of black people there. They were having like Christmas parties there. So we were just quite shishi. You, know, mm. you were at the winery eating <laughs> delicate crab cakes, huh? Mm. Also yummy little finger sandwiches and noshing your little wine around your little grapes, you know, swirling it in the glass and sticking your nose in there, huh? Right. Why, you, why you hating us Baltimore jet setters over here? You saw me. We was out last night at the mm. little function, had the little VIP status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you guys all, you know, a little spiffied up Calvin hat on his slippery earls, as we call them in church. Look like you about to slide like Maurice, uh, like Morris Day across the floor. Look at Calvin, got on some, um, got on some knit pants. He got on a nice sweater, got on the slippery earls. And, and. These were the real slippery earls. These aren't the little casual white bottom right. tennis rubber sole no, no, no. shoes that we no. would people wear. I do wear some of them too. But these were the actual hard bottom <laughs> joints. These were the joints. If I kick you in your shin, right. you'd be like, you motherfucker. <laughs> he was up in there and I could, I, as I looked at that picture, I knew what was playing in the background. Can I get to the yams? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at them all all nice out and whatnot. And you know, it's like okay, they maybe they drinking. I know Calvin ain't drinking no rum or nothing. I know he ain't I drinking actually, dark. You did? My, my go-to drink when I go out, whether it's a restaurant or a party, my go-to drink is gin and tonic. I think at that time I was on like my third gin and tonic. Yeah, you was real, you was real glowy with the smile, like, yeah, like, yeah, y'all, what's up? I'm in here. Yeah, I was like, yeah, look at him. You know, cut with little martinis and and whatnot. Like, yeah, they doing the grown stuff thing. Little party last week. Happy 50th Katina and stuff. I was there to celebrate a little yeah, surprise man. party and whatnot. It was, it was nice. You guys see the pictures? And oh, the um, pictures just came in today. I'm, I'm sending okay. them out. Um, and I don't even know why you're talking because don't act like you wasn't there last week. Oh yeah, I, I had on my slippery earls. I, oh, okay. I, I, I was like George Jefferson, like yeah. 
Looking like Rudy from um, the Cosby Kids. Coming today, coming today, looking like the dawn. I see you there. Then, then you sitting in the corner. And I was like, "What's going on, girl?" He's like, "Yeah, you doing?" <laughs> it's a great party. Yeah, a great time. Great, great party. Yeah, yeah, Colin. Yeah, you doing? Paul and I had a wonderful time. <laughs> right. to celebrate with you again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. That's a shame. Hey man, let's get to these. Boys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey man, we're gonna talk a little Britney Griner and all that's been in the news. Talk about your boy Dion again. You know, uh black Twitter and this black world in, in particular. We've blown up on different viewpoints and different schools about Dion. Of course, we're gonna get into no major league baseball free agency. A lot of people have been signing big deals. Uh, of course, we're going to get to the NFL. Talk about your boy, Daniel Snyder, ESPN, ESPN report. This came out. Well, actually, it wasn't ESPN. It came from the congressional investigation on uh, the Washington commanders in their toxic workplace environment. And uh, a lot of stuff we already knew, but more stuff that we're learning from that. Of course, we're going to get to our NFL picks and we're going to end up with the favorite segment in podcast land. Come on, yo. So let's go ahead and start with Brittany Griner. Uh, Russia has freed Brittany Griner in a dramatic high-level prisoner exchange that brings the WNBA star back to the United States after almost 10 months in detention. And this is from ESPN. Uh, the swap made at a time of heightened tensions over the invasion of Ukraine achieved the top goal for President Joe Biden, but carried a heavy price and left behind Paul Whelan an American jail for nearly four years in Russia. <clears throat> Biden tweeted about Griner's release on Thursday morning, writing that she's on her way back to the U.S. As you know, uh, if you've been following the news, she's already back now. Uh, she arrived back in Texas on, I believe it was Thursday, and well, actually on Friday. And um, so she's back and she's going through a process of uh, being reintegrated back into society. And so, um, you know, she was... Um, and I'm sorry, let me go. Ahead. Uh, the deal, uh, the second such exchange in eight months with Russia, procured the release of the most prominent American detained abroad. Grit, uh, Griner is a two time Olympic gold medalist whose months long imprisonment on drug charges brought unprecedented attention to the population of wrongful detainees. Biden's authorization to release notorious Russian arms dealer, dealer excuse me, Victor Bout or Boot, once nicknamed the Merchant of Death underscored the escalating pressure that his administration faced to get Griner home, particularly after the recent resolution of her criminal case and the subsequent transfer to a penal colony. Uh, Russia's foreign ministry also confirmed the swap Thursday, saying in a statement carried by Russian news agencies that the exchange took place in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, in that uh, boot had been flown home. We've seen the video of them at the airport and uh, them being exchanged, just like uh, the TV show on Showtime, Homeland, one of my favorite shows, uh, something similar to that. And so, uh, of course, this has just unleashed everybody who thinks they are for, they know foreign um, <laughs> negotiations and um, uh, detaining negotiations. Everybody has an opinion. Even uh, your boy Micah Parsons, Micah Maga Parsons, had an opinion as well. He tweeted like, "I can't believe it. They they brought um, Brittany home and left the Marine there." And so, um, of course, he had to go back and backtrack what he said, and he eventually uh, erased the tweet and all. Uh, big dummy. 
And so what do you think about uh, this uh, release and, you know, what it says for Brittany Griner and for America? Yeah, so um, I went on social media and talked about it. And and I'm in the firm belief that pretty much all things can be true. You can be happy for Brittany coming home and you can also wonder why there was such a high price. Now, we're, we're not hostage negotiators. We're not diplomatic relations experts. Uh, we're not international relations experts. Right. And usually when it comes to swaps and deals, um, it's not always even. And we know that by sports. Like, it's not right. always even. You think it's going to be even. Like, you can trade a first and second round draft pick for a player and you just hope that those players equal equal to the player that you just gave up. But it doesn't make it even. You're, the goal is to get what you want. And usually there's a giver and they take it. And if you want to get something from someone, you got to give up a whole lot. Um, so, you know, those people that are um, really against this saying it was a bad deal, you know, maybe you don't have a family member that's over there. Most of us don't. But I'm sure if you did, you would want your family member home at all costs. Right. You know, it, it's really it's going to be a double standard either way. Um, Biden's job is to protect Americans. Of, uh, no matter what else, you want him to protect Americans. And he pretty much did the best he can going home. Right. I mean, bringing her home. So, again, it's really hard to judge right or wrong. Um, she's home, you know, and they, they gave up the terrorist. Now, if he goes back and starts blowing up and killing people, then, yeah, it was a bad deal. If he just chills like the old man he is and doesn't do anything, then it's a good deal. Um, also, Michael Parsons, just keep sacking the quarterback. Because right. a lot of times people don't know, um, they don't get the full story of what they're talking about. And I say that because if you actually look up Paul Whelan, um, although he was a Marine, he was discharged and he wasn't discharged on the best terms. Now, does that mean that um, he's less of an American than Brittany Griner. No, it does not. But there's also some things going on with that. So, you know, you got to kind of get the full story before you start spouting out why this and why that. Because maybe there's a priority and maybe he just wasn't the priority for whatever reason. I, you know, I don't know. I believe he also had dual citizenship over there. So maybe, <laughs> you know, I, I, you don't know. And until you know, you, you want to always speak from an educated point of view and not just spout out because of feelings. Now, with that being said, you also got to go back to Brittany Griner's people at the very beginning. If you remember, they always kept saying, if it were LeBron James, she would have been home by now. If it right. were Tom Brady, she would have been home by now. Well, because she's Brittany Griner, she's home now. So, you know what I mean? It's again, a lot of things can be true at once but speak from an educated point, but be happy that she's home. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, um, obviously we have to, and I'm use a term that one of my favorite podcasts use, uh, Basketball Illuminati. we got to open our third eye on this. Uh, I'm sure there's a reason why Russia released Griner instead of releasing Whalen. To release Griner and to leave Whalen there, someone who's a Marine, who had a military background, who's been there longer, that's definitely going to do just what we're seeing right now. You have this torrent of fighting over 
is she was she worthy enough to be released she was over there breaking the law leave her there you know and so it's definitely so more discord um the the u.s said they was um surprised by the uh, opportunity to do the swap uh for months they had been expressing their determination to bring both of them home uh whelan who's a michigan corporate secretary uh excuse me is security executive jailed in russia since uh, december 2018 on espionage charges uh that his family and the u.s government have said are baseless and so it's, I think it's really doing what the Russian government wants to do. It's causing more division. You got more talking heads coming on saying we look weak uh, because we gave in to Putin and, you know, she's not deserving of this. And then you have other people like Michael Parsons. He's like, wait, nah, we left a Marine. Hell nah. But then, you know, after he gets um, bombed on, he's going to have to come back and say, my last tweet was no shot at Brittany Griner. I'm super, I'm super happy she's back home as she should be i just have family who have served and it's crazy to me the president wouldn't bring him home too i'm the furthest thing from a trump supporter but i'm not a fan of biden either it just sounds like you don't know what you are shut up okay exactly. <laughs> and so you know uh i'm sure it was not as the um as biden said as the white house said it was not our intent just to bring one person home our intent was to get everyone to get both persons but it just happened to happen this way. Uh, Whelan's family has been very supportive of the release. And I'm sure Brittany Griner and her, uh, she's going to get the strength of the WNBA behind her and others to continue to advocate and press for the release of Whelan as well. And so, you know, uh, we're just glad that she's home, glad that she's well, hope that she transitions back into society well. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder from this uh because you know you're you're on the top of the basketball world uh, just a couple months ago and then all of a sudden you're in a russian jail looking at possibly spending 10 years or more of your life in russia and so in a penal colony they said that she was you know she was too big she was working in a factory where they were sewing uh, soldier uniforms but she was too tall to fit into the sewing machine desk and so they had her carrying fabric and all that stuff she wound up cutting the hair because you know she thought she was going to be there for the long haul and she wasn't going to be able to do lock maintenance and all those uh, different things and so yeah she had already resolved that maybe she was not going to be coming home for a long time and so uh it's a happy resolution to something that's terrible happening we're going to get more details because um maybe she did not break the law maybe she she was set up because she had to plead guilty in order to try to get some clemency and that was the whole plan and so as this unfolds we'll get more details and see what actually happened just glad that she's home um she was definitely there way too long and no one expected it to be that long right now, let's get to the thing that is just dividing Black America. It's Deion Sanders. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. Deion, he officially accepted the head coaching job at the uh, University of Colorado. And um, he's leaving Jackson State after saying that, you know, God sent him to Jackson State to change the uh, culture and the path of HBCU football and colleges that, you know, uh, they were going to make it a place where people, a 
a destination location instead of a stepping stone. And that's what, you know, it's been happening to HBCs a lot, HBCUs a lot. You know, they're coming in, poaching the talent or people just coming there to get the stats up. And then once they get a more attractive offer from a predominantly white institution or PWI, they're off and gone. And so there are two camps that have pretty much divided on this move by Dion. There's, uh, there are those that believe that Dion made HBCUs better and deserves to take a power five job. And then there are those who say he sold out Jackson State University and HBCUs by claiming that he was sent there by God to level the playing field between predominantly white institutions and HBCU football. So Calvin, where do you lie on either camp or do you lie in the middle? So, so this is great. It's a great discussion because <laughs> Garland and I are on the opposite sides of this. Mm -hmm. You know, I am on the side that he should have taken the job. Um, he should have. He should have taken the Colorado job. And I know you're on the opposite side of that. Mm -hmm. um, so let, let me get started. Let me let me start defending my position. Defend um, just like the Brittany Griner thing, I do believe there it, there can be truth on both sides. Um, but one of the things that really bothers me is that in one breath we argue that there's not enough black coaches in the NCAA and the power five so now we got one and then people are like no not him because he's at our HBCUs and he should be he should stay there and bring them more glory or more fame I've always also believed that the responsibility lies with the schools also. Now we've talked about how these HBCUs don't do enough to promote themselves, don't invest enough money in the program. Dion has given you the blueprint. Um, his name alone is giving you the blueprint. And I'm sure he tried his best to leave the school in much better shape than he, when he got there. Now, where does the school step in? And instead of having the, the alumni uh, sing songs to him, you know, about by and, and getting on. And what does the school step in and say, hey, thank you, give us the baton and let us run with our school. Now, remember, the only obligation he really has to them is that paycheck that he was getting from them. Outside of that, he's not an alum of the school. Um, so why can't he move on? Why can't the school from this point take over and just say, hey, Dion, could you, you know, guide us in some direction, give us some people, help us out? Why can't the school do that? Like, why are we trying to hold this man to below his pay grade um, and instead of letting him move on? Also, when he goes to Colorado, he's trying to bring athletes from Jackson State with him. Now, that right there is the only thing I can see Jackson State being really upset about like you're taking the players also so we're going to have to recruit more players but with that being said I believe that Colorado is going to start being that school that starts to bring more black players black coaches maybe black admin and the school like I, I just I want to give Dion a chance to make that school into the type of power five school that black people want um, why, why can't we do that? Why are we so mad at Dion for taking advantage of this opportunity? All right, that's my position. Where you at? Where you at, darling? Now, let me be clear. I said last week, and I still stand by it, he had to take the job. I'm fine with him taking the job. Um, and in other uh, episodes of 
Uh, fanboys, you know, we talked about this now sudden interest of uh, former professional players in HBCUs and using these opportunities as stepping stones to get into the Power Five conferences. And it basically was like uh, chickens coming home to roost. <laughs> I basically called this back in uh, the fall that, you know, I, I think my major issue with Dion is this, is fine. Yes, you, you had, you went to Jackson State on the premise of your goal was to get to a power five school. And I think that would have been fine if he was honest about it. But he came in with this story of God sent me to Jackson State to change the way that HBCUs are operating, to make it a destination location. We're not going to be stepping stones anymore. And as soon as the offer came, he dipped. It was. It's like, you know, he came to Jackson State saying, you know, Mr. Charlie's ice is not colder than the ice at Jackson State. Oh, wow. And, but eventually when he took that job, basically he was saying, Mr. Charlie's ice is colder. <laughs> That's basically what Dion said. Uh, that man said he was swack. That man said if he wasn't swack, then who else was? He even put it on t-shirts and hoodies, Calvin. Some people even went online trying to buy them things. But before they could even get delivered, old boy dipped out. <laughs> That's my issue with Dion. Now, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> the thing that made his time at Jackson State so fascinating uh, was that many believe that his antics and the sound bites were helping HBCUs as a whole. Let's stop that uh, narrative right now. HBCU enrollment across this country has been booming. Uh, and that's probably since we've seen these deaths of like people like... Um, uh, uh, um, Michael Floyd and, and others at the hand of the police, people feeling this need to go back to our institutions and building up our institutions. And so there was like a wave, Trayvon Martin, all that. There's a wave that was already happening here in Baltimore. I mean, Morgan has to, they're building up so fast, they don't even have enough uh, residential space for students. They're keeping them in hotels downtown as they build dorms because of the influx of people applying to get into the HBCUs. And so did Dion help HBCUs as a whole? No. I mean, I think A Different World, the TV show, did more for HBCUs <laughs> than Dion did. Well, let, now, let me let me mm -hmm. um, explain my position when I talked about um, Dion gave them the blueprint. Now, I'm strictly talking about the football program as far as um, getting them private jets, getting people to donate the you. private jets to them to fly, filling the stadiums, getting the recruits that would normally go to a power five to come to the HBCU, um, you know, things like that. It's, it's, it's um, asking for money, making sure things are improved. Now, now you and I talked well, about this, say this before. And I'm going to address this. Let me say this, bro. Mm -hmm. There's an assumption that these HBCUs was not trying to do that before. Of course they were. I mean, HBCUs have been traditionally underfunded because of systemic racism in this country since they were founded back in uh, the 1800s after the Civil War, most of our institutions. And so 
I'm, I know the Hamptons of the world, my alma mater, the Howards, the North Carolina A&Ts, these other universities. Yeah, they, they've tried, they, they've raised money. They have endowments. I think our mission is a little different than saying Alabama, who's making their money off the back of black athletes or a Clemson or a Florida State, those institutions. And so there's just this, this fallacy, like they were not trying to do that. I'm sure they were trying to do that. Yes, there's only one Dion, and, and Dion didn't bring attention. But I don't think he cared about making HBCUs better. I think he only cared about making the one that paid him better. And that was him, him getting to that next level. Now, I, I'm going to throw out this theory. You know, Dion had to change the, his perception to these white athletic directors at the Power Five conferences. Why? Because Dion probably to them is just known as the shucking and jiving, must be the money dancing quarter, uh, cornerback uh, who's just loud. That's who Dion was. But Dion had to be the front facing person of a major college football operation. You know, the head coaches on the college level, that's why they ask for so much money for their assistant coaches because they, they're not there coaching all the time. They got to be out raising money. They got to fly across the country recruiting. They got media obligations. They got booster obligations to meet with the boosters who are giving the money. And so, you know, Dion had to show that he could do that. And he did. Um, and I think I even said it last uh, earlier this year, when I open up my social media, a lot of times, man, his, whoever was doing his social media, they had mastered the algorithm because every time I opened up TikTok, every time I saw a reel, it was Dion preaching, Dion talking about leadership, Dion doing this, Dion doing that. And it all led up to once he did that 60 minute interview, I was like, okay, bro, gone. If they think bro going to be there 20, 30 years, he gone. And sure enough, he did. But he left a incomplete job. And I think we got to acknowledge that. Uh, so I don't know if it's incomplete, but let me let me go back to a couple of things. I'm going to ask you this before you talk. Do you think people will be talking about Jackson State in two years? I think so. I'm glad you asked me that. I think people should be talking about Jackson State. But if they're not, I believe that's on Jackson State. And see, that's what that's where my whole thing is. Where does the school have responsibility. Now, you did mention that maybe the school has a different goal, and that that there's the problem. So, you know, if if the school has a different goal um, that's not mm -hmm. athletics, then why are we so hard on Dion? So Dion sh should be moving on because Dion's goal is athletic. Now, I will agree with you that he doesn't impact HBCUs. He impacted the school that he was at. So yes. any, anything, anyone trying to say that he either improved or took away from HBCUs as a whole, that you're, you're misinformed at that because the only thing he cared about and the only thing he really should have cared about was the school that he was at. Um, now, again, I, I want the school to start taking over. And when I say he gave them the blueprint, I don't necessarily mean to say that they weren't trying. He showed them how to take it to the, another level, which may be you need a big name. You need someone that has relationships with these people. So that's what you go after. But then mm -hmm. again, if the school, if that's not their goal, if their goal is more of the students, which we've always heard, and I think it's, it's common knowledge that HBCU, their goal is to educate 
the student and not necessarily get the athletic program up and which is it's not mm-hmm. a knock on the schools but if that's the case then Dion should move on now let me add another piece to that so where you said his goal was to get to a power five I don't think that's his goal I think Dion's goal is to be a head coach in the NFL so I think in another three four maybe five years Colorado will be singing the same blues that well, he got us this and he left us. I think that's his ultimate goal. I don't think Dion's goal is to coach college. I think Dion's goal is to get in the NFL, which again, I don't fault him for any of that. I want the school to start taking some responsibility or just step back and say, hey, it was good while it lasted. Let's move on. Yeah, you know what? I'll say this about the if he has NFL aspirations or not. I know that's why he started Prime Academy. Prime Academy was his first run at getting a college head coaching job. And, I, and I'm clear about this. Dion, he has something that's different from Jeff Saturday and um, Trent Dilfer. They're white men <laughs> and Dion is a black man. So I understand these uh, opportunities to get to that next level are few or far in between. Okay. Um, and, and so I'm clear about that. But yeah, Jackson State gave him that opportunity. I think there was more work to be done. Um, I think it was the the move is kind of messy, but I understand because I, I do believe the ultimate goal was for him to get to the power five. He's there. He's got now. I'm also on record saying I don't think it was the best job. I would have loved to see him in the South, um, in his recruiting base, Texas, um, Georgia, Florida. I think he would have racked up. You know, and as I said last week, um, Georgia Tech, Alabama, um, Birmingham, a couple of those Southern schools that had openings and they did not make him an offer. I think you're going to regret that because Dion, yes, he's going to just like he's already boosted the Colorado program, just like he told. And this is my second one. He went to Colorado and he told those players, y'all better go ahead, get in the portal because <laughs> I'm coming. It. I love it. And I got my own luggage in his Louis. It. I love it. But then he was at Jackson State, and he told the players in Jackson State, well, y'all might not want to jump in the portal too quick. Now, hold on, bro. You're talking about both sides of your neck. Now, you just jumped for $5 million, but you're telling us don't take advantage of the opportunity before us, but it's okay for you to take uh, uh, advantage of the opportunity. I don't think that's what he's telling them. I don't, I, I don't, that's I don't the that's impression. That's... Come on, bro. If, if I'm leaving... And I'm telling you, well, don't follow me. Stay behind. Don't jump in the portal. No. But I'm going for $5 million. That don't look a little hypocritical? No, 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 no. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think what, I think what he's trying to say is, um, and not all of you, but some of you may not want to jump in the portal. There's a reason that a lot of these players aren't recruited by Power 5 schools. And sometimes it's because they just may not be good enough. So I think he's kind of saying, you know, you're you're – excelling here so why would you want Whoa. To so i'm good enough go, for you but i ain't good enough for the power fives but you're good enough for the power five well the power five you're, offered you, him you the getting power the, five offered him right the job. and you're getting the power it, five it, job it, off of my sweat it, off of my toils but but check this out <laughs> if they were good enough to be at colorado colorado would have offered them a scholarship before they went to the hbcu and they would have gone to colorado so i think he's saying if you're flourishing here why would you want to go somewhere else 
and sit I, on the bench behind someone else. Unless you it, know you can go somewhere and be a starter. I think that's what he's saying. I, I don't t- think I take it differently. I take it as in, yeah, y'all don't, you know, don't do it's basically like a parent. Don't do as I say, say as I do. Nah, nah. <laughs> it basically was well, don't don't do as I say, nah, say as I do. Y'all stay behind the one and thing y'all stay out thing, the portal. I will say this. This is my last point. If Dion care about Jackson State, okay, leave your coaching staff. Take everybody. Don't take anybody except your son and maybe Travis. No, Hunter. you can't. Yes. Be, you can't. If you care about no. Jackson State, leave no. your coaching staff. Go start over. Since this was your mission to build up HBCU football and you put all this infra- infrastructure in, in place and you showed us how to do it. Go ahead and leave your staff. No, leave, leave, so, leave those players that Louis luggage that you bring in with you to Colorado. So leave it in what, Jackson so, and, and, and you, let that school flourish. And no. you go ahead and take your son, take Travis Hunter, no. and start over. What you just said about the students is now what you're saying about the staff. You don't think the staff wants to go and make 10 times more than what they're making at Jackson State? All I'm saying is if, if, if Dion move on, bro, but Dion sold this pipe dream now that he was building the infrastructure, that Dion, he was showing them the way. Okay, he, well, he if you care and you build so much infrastructure, don't take half the team with you. Let these guys keep on being successful. Leave those players there. Leave some of your coaching staff there. Go the ahead, players, go ahead. Get your $5 million. You got your big budget for your coaching staff. Go ahead and get yourself a new coaching staff. Turn it over and help the university keep on prospering. And But no, it's about Dion Because Dion knows the, the he players, needs running. Him taking the players are the only thing that I can understand the school being upset about and side-eyed about. That's the only thing I can see. Now, and it's still going to be up to the players, but mm-hmm. no, you don't, you you take mm-hmm. your coaching staff with you. Any any coach that leaves any program takes their staff with them. That's just what you do. Yeah, if you yeah. have a coach that wants mm-hmm. to stay back and become the head coach, then you let him do that. But the coaches also want to move on and get other opportunities. So yeah, you, I you say don't it like this. The coaching staff, you, you don't leave the coaching staff. The I, players are the mm-hmm. only thing I can see the school being upset about. But again, that's going to be up to the students. I think I think what's happening with mm-hmm. with us, um, and not you and I necessarily, but with with the people on both sides of the argument, I think they want Dion so bad to be the savior of that school. And even though he may have come in and said, "I can do this," "I can do," this, he actually did it. They've been undefeated for what two years? He actually has done what he said he was going to done. So is he supposed to stay there ten years? They were undefeated this year. I don't think they were undefeated last year. But you, you got you have. Coaches. He's been twenty. He's twenty six and five record. I, I, I mean, you, yeah, you he's he's done coaches in these power five schools that do the same thing. So why can't Dion do the same thing and not get beat up about it? I expect it from the white coaches. They're not coming in talking about <laughs> no. they're not talking about coming in that God sent them there yes, and changed they the are. No, they're yes, not. They, they're not coming in talking about yeah, God God sent me here you know and I'm gonna change this. You I don't do. watch enough I uh, do. interviews. I As do. Coach that gets hired at a program. Calvin, basically the he same thing. came in talking about this was God's no mission sad. for him <laughs> to change HBCU culture, to turn. We're going to make this the place to be, not a stepping stone. And what did he do? 
they Mr. all Mr. Charlie's ice is colder. <laughs> he did. That's what so, Dion said okay. in the end. So Mr. Charlie do? ice is cold. What was your what is your best case scenario in your mind for Dion Sanders? Oh, I mean, I already said it. I mean, I know he was going to he's not he was not going to be a lifer. I understand that he was going to get an offer. I told I, I don't think Colorado's the best job. I, I would have loved to see him in another job. But I how long, he was how long leave. should he have stayed to satisfy your to satisfy me? Of, I think yes. I think a little bit. I would have loved to see him five or ten years. Ten at years. Least. <laughs> yes, I would have loved to see it because that would have shown. So you want him to be Eddie Robinson? Not Eddie. Ro I mean, Eddie Robinson was there thirty plus years. <laughs> not to be Eddie Robinson. But the, seriously, Calvin, I mean, I think the longer commitment would have shown that, one, he was real in his intent, and I think it sparks more commitment. This whole change that he was talking about across the board, that couldn't be achieved in those three years. And actually, one of those years don't count because it was a COVID year. So so Jackson State. So basically, let's say he was there two years. Jackson State has not improved in two years. Cal, he won a bunch of games in the SWAC. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Hold on. He won so, a bunch are, of games in the SWAC. the SWAC. You can't demean SWAC. Now, now, now somebody, and I and I and I was uh as I was preparing for the day, and we need to move on to the other topics. You know, even though, yes, he won there, he was not getting the top players out of Mississippi. He was not even recruiting his own state well. And so, yeah, he was getting better players at his school than what Alcorn State was getting and what, uh, you know, um, Southern was getting. So, yes, he was doing well on the recruiting tip and he was able to flip Travis Hunter from Florida State. I, I give him credit for that. Yes, he won some games at Jackson. I give, him credit. I give him some credit. He won 26 games at Jack. 20, he was 26 and five. I mean, we're acting like they was playing Alabama, uh, Auburn, and uh, but th they didn't schedule those games aren't scheduled. Okay, so he did well, he did very well. But I think to see the the the, the growth that most people were hoping for and this commitment that he sold when he came in. It was going to take a little bit longer and he didn't stick around for it. It was like, okay, I got the attention. I built up my profile and now I did. But okay. Last question. Last question. Did he leave Jackson state a better program than it was when he came in? Oh, I mean, I think, I think what That's I'll say is yes. this. What, what, no, I will. I'll say this. <laughs> I'll say this. Let's see where they are. In two years, what? he's not there in two years. No, he leaves If he told all those people don't get in the portal, those players stay. Let's see how they do in the next two years. I think to me that's the key. Did he recruit as well as we thought he did? Did he leave the cup at full? And you know they have enough to go on. Uh, I want to see that. Instead of whining, what is and, and one say? of those years. Instead I, of twenty six, I don't count that COVID year. That COVID year, they played five games against some Division three teams. He, in, instead yes, of I don't whining, count that. instead of whining about it, what is Jackson State doing to hire a new coach? Have they even started a search? I'm not sure. I'm not on the board of Jackson State. All I'm talking about is this: <laughs> what Dion Dion said 
Mr. Charlie Ice's code. <laughs> that's what Dion said. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Mr. Charlie Ice was colder. No, Dion. Our ice wasn't as cold. You told us our ice was cold as Mr. Charlie's. <laughs> Turns out it's not as cold as Mr. Charlie's. We'll see what Hugh Jackson does. Um, so let's let we'll leave. Yeah, he, he's at Gremlin. I mean, and you got Eddie George, he's at Tennessee State. They play in the Missouri Valley Conference. I mean, I think, and we got to look across the board. I mean, there's some schools that are already playing at high-level FCS football, Hampton, uh, North Carolina A and T, and so. You know, there are some schools that were already doing well. I think it was just this, this, this fallacy that Dion had this, you know, a uh, a rising tide lifts all boats, but it only lifted Jackson's boat. That's all he was supposed to lift. Okay, but he was preaching he was going to lift everybody's boat. <laughs> all right, let's keep on going. <laughs> I wish you the best, Dion. You you get you got a tough haul. Uh, to keep all going, but anyway, nonetheless, let's go ahead and talk some baseball and all. And so, let's talk about Calvin has some uh grand dreams that he had, <laughs> he had wanted uh Aaron Judge to sign with the Orioles. Did also, don't act like that. <laughs> no, I we, didn't. We, I we told you, did. what did I tell you? He was not going to sign with. I told you he was going to either New York, he's going to a major media area, he was going to New York, or he's going to go to LA or California somewhere. Well, he re signed with the Yankees. Nine-year, $360 million contract as well. He's not the only uh, big signing that happened over the last couple weeks. Uh, we saw that Trey Turner, he signed with the Phillies. Uh, Xander Bogarts, he signed with the San Diego Padres. He's That's getting the a, one. Yeah, That's he's getting an 11-year, $280 million contract. Um, let's see who else. Justin Verlander, he signed uh, with the Mets. He's getting a two-year, $86 million contract. Uh, Trey Turner's contract with the Phillies is an 11-year, $300 million contract that includes a full no-trade clause. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, people signing some big things. Your boy, uh, Jacob DeGrom, uh, he leaves. He's a two-time Cy Young winner. He leaves the Mets and signs with the Texas Rangers. Uh, uh, Five-year, $185 million. Jose Abreu, he signed a two-year deal. He leaves... Oh, actually, it's a three-year deal. He leaves the uh, Chicago White Sox to go to them on a three-year contract. And so we see all of these big signings, but no big signings for the Orioles. Uh, <laughs> they said they won't open up the checkbook this year, but the uh, somebody must have left the checkbook at home or <laughs> they can't find it somewhere. Uh, maybe they're trying to pay through PayPal or something or Venmo. They, they, they can't get anybody. And so... Uh, the big people were signing, but uh, Baltimore is not in that mix. So what do, what do you think about uh, Judge going back to New York and uh, a couple of these signings and the inactivity of your Orioles, our Orioles, excuse me. So the, uh, I just, and I said it while you were talking about it, that Xander Bogarts to the Padres is the one I'm definitely keeping my eye on. Um, the Padres are already strong and that's sure. just going to make them much stronger. Um, I, I, I can see them coming out of the West. I mean, it's a very long season. You never know, but I can see them coming out of the West. Um, Aaron Judge, you know, it's just like a bad relationship, sir. If the chick didn't give you what you wanted at the beginning, what makes you think she's going to change? I know she gave you some money and she promised you that she still won't treat you like shit, sir. She still won't treat you like That's how you feeling? Yeah, yo. Fuck the Yankees. always fuck the Yankees. And now fuck Aaron Judge. You, is that where you want to go? But I shouldn't be mad at him because he'd probably be like, 
yo, but the Oreos ain't even come talk to me. And I believe that could be the case. I don't know what, we never know what the Orioles are going to do. The Orioles may have looked at their young core and be like, hey, this is good enough to win it all. It's not good enough to win it all. We struck some gold, like we struck some lightning last year. Um, we need we need some players. We need a big batter in there. We need some pitches in there. What are y'all doing, Baltimore? Baltimore is always just sitting back, letting shit happen and not making it happen. Let's go, Baltimore. We, we, we need to keep riding this wave. The fans are excited. The team is excited. The national media is excited for the Orioles. And I know it's the it's the beginning of free agency signing. And I know there's plenty more players out there that can help the Orioles. But God damn, we wanted a splash. You know, the fans deserve a big splash. <laughs> they we haven't had one in years. We needed a splash. They splash in the kiddie pool. They ain't done nothing. They signed exactly. some, some cast off from the Phillies. Even if, and I'm not, I'm, I, I'm one that believes that Verlander is on his last, his last arm, his last pitches. I mean, he did. He, he did, is forty. Yeah, he did pull it out last year. I'll give him that. He did have a very mm-hmm. good season, although in the uh, playoffs he kind of slagged, slacked off, but then came back a little stronger in the World Series. But you know, even getting a Justin Verlander, like God damn, we just needed. A bit, it would have really excited the fan base. It may have even attracted some other players to come. Like, come on, Baltimore, let's get going. Let's do something. The fans deserve this. We deserve a big splash. Damn. Yeah, we do. Uh, don't look like that splash is going to happen this season, though. It and so, um, you know, uh, some. They'll- They'll fuck around and sign, sign Trey Mancini again. Like, <laughs> I say Trey is still out there. <laughs> Trey Mancini is still out there. So if you want uh, Trey Mancini, you can go ahead and uh, <laughs> sign him up. But, you know, hey, uh, Carlos Correa is still out there. Um, let's see. Uh, Justin Turner uh, <laughs> is out there. Evan Longoria is out there. Um <laughs> So, <laughs> gonna make you mad. Uh, JD uh, JD Martinez is still out there. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon. All these people have passed their crimes. Um, Nelson. Cruz. I wouldn't be mad at Justin Turner though. I wouldn't, wouldn't be, mad be mad at, at Justin, Justin Turner. Turner. Okay. Um, yeah. So you know, there, there's some people out there. Will Myers uh, is out there, and uh, yeah, the Orioles. Are, the Orioles are just like the Ravens. They, They'll fuck around. Next thing you know, it'd be they sign Wade Boggs after his prime and shit. <laughs> right. Well, he'd be out there like Des- Deshaun Jackson and, <laughs> and hey, 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 bro, Tommy Fam is out there. Uh, he can come in and punch somebody in the face or something oh, uh, on the other team. Tommy Fam is out there. We got Odor to punch people in the face. We still That's have true. Odor. Yeah, no, he's a free agent. Okay. All right. Yeah, they they'll better be- not bring him back. They'll resign him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Rizzo is still out there. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, uh, Yuli uh, uh, Goriel is out there. And so, yeah, they, they got some people out there, Calvin. There's still some people out there they can maybe uh, scoop up. But, you know, they can, so far. They can sign contributors. The fans want a splash sign and a big name. True. True. We want splash. We 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 want hotness. We want to be in the headlines. And, exactly. But I'll say this. I think one of the things that might maybe is affecting this is the potential sale of the team. True. I think this unrest uh, in the Angelos family, this fight that's going on between uh, the brothers, uh, John and Lou, 
and you know that impact on it and the potential sale of the team and who's going to own the team i, I think that's maybe uh cautioning them from spending a lot of big money until they know who who the real who the owners of the team are going to be and i know there's an intent to sell it and they're talking about cal ripkin might have a group that wants to buy it and um i think uh the um Baseball commissioner was on one of the uh, sports talk shows uh, this week talking about, you know, of course, they want Baltimore to stay in Baltimore. They hope that everything works out with the ownership um, between the Angelos currently. And so I think that is having probably an impact as well on um, the signing of uh, big free agents. And so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll definitely see. We'll but see we still happens. need a big splash. Make a trade in the middle of the season. Do something, Baltimore. Ain't going to happen. All right. Uh, your boy Daniel Snyder, man, at it again. Washington Commanders owner Daniel Snyder permitted and participated in the team's longtime toxic work culture and obstructed a 14-month congressional inquiry by dodging a subpoena, working to dissuade and intimidate witnesses from cooperating, and claiming more than 100 times in testimony that he could not recall answers to basic questions. According to the final report of the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Oversight and Reform, according to Tisha Thompson and ESPN. Uh, the committee's 79-page report released uh, this past Thursday also comes down hard on the NFL, concluding that the league was complicit in Snyder's efforts by not cooperating with the congressional inquiry and by burying a 2021 investigation of the commander's workplace led by attorney Beth Wilkinson, that, uh, the results of which have never been fully released. Uh, we saw efforts that we have never seen before, at least I haven't, said Representative Carolyn Maloney, Democrat from New York, who chaired the committee. The NFL knew about it, and they took no responsibility. NFL officials were acting like they were doing something, Maloney told ESPN. Then they turn around and fix it so she can't talk. Her report is never going to be made public, yet she was supposed to be hired to address it. The hypocrisy, the coordinated effort to hide what they uh, acknowledge. The congressional uh, report citing allegations of harassment and abuse against several other teams says the NFL has put the interests of league owners ahead of NFL employees, failing to protect them or ensure that victims can speak up without fear of retaliation. Uh, they even go down uh, a little further in the article. It talks about uh, some of the key uh, revelations that came in the uh, report in the transcripts. Uh, during his deposition, Snyder told investigators, I've said numerous times and continue to state, we apologize for any workplace misconduct of the team, but the investigators note that Snyder continued to blame others around him and minimized the experiences of more than 100 current and former employees. Under oath, Snyder admitted to using private investigators, the report says, but Snyder claimed to be unaware whom his investigators approached and did not remember having conversations with his counsel about the individuals targeted. He could uh, recall very little when questioned about allegations of misconduct against him, including specific allegations raised in recent press stories. In testimony, uh, his former uh, general manager, Bruce Allen, uh, he recounted his encounter with a private investigator Snyder hired, Snyder hired to follow him. And he also swore that Snyder once talked with him about hiring a private eye to follow NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. 
Uh, also, Allen testified that an NFL executive indicated to him that the commanders were behind the leak of racist and misogynistic emails linked to former Las Vegas Raiders coach John Gruden. And so um, <laughs> it's all coming out, boy. It's hitting the fan for real for your boy, Daniel Snyder. And so what are your thoughts about uh, the toxic work culture and the NFL's complicit um, being complicit in covering up? Uh, this information from the government. Um, first, I'm I'm sick of hearing about the commanders. Like, when is the time to just get rid of Dan Snyder? Like, if, if we have to right. just get rid of I agree the whole franchise, <laughs> like just like this is just going on way too long. We already know about this. This this whole sexual harassment thing has been going on for what before COVID, before the COVID season. Um, I remember the young lady came out and was talking about it. So, when are we just going to? get rid of Dan Snyder. And again, it's going to take the other owners to do it. Um, however, shout out to the uh, leak that that exposed John Gruden. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If anything good came out of it, we found out who John Gruden really was. So shout out to, to, to the leak. But yeah, man, it's, it's I'm so tired of hearing about it. It's so unimportant even the team like I, I think if you remember um i told you that the commanders would actually be a pretty good team this year and they are above 500 they're playing good football um and so even they have moved on from their that ownership it's just like get something has to be done about him because these stories keep coming back out but they're just the same story being recycled it's just a different investigator this time. It's just a different body um, accusing or, you know, get, let's just get rid of this guy, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, he must have the goods on somebody. He 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 must have the answer to what's going on because uh, he can't get rid of these. Uh, they can't get rid of him. Uh, they, they're not doing anything to try to get rid of him. And I, I think it's just um, saying more, you know, and the league covering it up. I think that's a major concern as well that, you know, these guys have been pretty much complicit. They're not providing the information. They wouldn't let the report uh, go out uh, to be seen by others. Um, and basically they're, you know, they're all covering their butts. And so um, I think it's kind of like a rough thing that's going on in terms of uh, what's happening with that organization. A once great organization, man, that they're really struggling. I know that the, uh, the commanders has started kind of like the um, the sale process. They went back and uh, they started contracting uh, with Bank of America to explore selling the team and the cost for that. And, you know, there was some talk about maybe Jay-Z being part of um, an ownership Hove. group. Hove. And so, you know, um, we see what happens with that. You know, Jeff Bezos, he's in Washington, D.C., and uh, he has a lot of money. And so that's, you know talk of uh jeff bezos maybe putting together a acquisition team and getting that team but that's going to take that's probably going to be at least a, another year maybe two down the road uh if any when that uh switch happens and so you know i, I think as long as snyder is going to be there we're going to keep on getting that and it's a shame because actually the team has been playing well outside of the tie last week i believe they had won four straight and so they were on their way. They're competing in the uh, NFC East. And so, you know, um, you know, I, I hope it clears up, but it's definitely a stain on uh, what's going on in the league.
Yeah, I think they're seven, four, and one, or six, five, and one, something like that. They, something they like that. Work. Something like that. And so, uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, things will pick back up. Now, uh, I'm waiting for. I had a little. Excuse me. I had a little computer malfunction while we were talking. Get ready to pull up our picks, and so we can get into our picks and see what Calvin did last week with his little his little picks and whatnot. <sighs> I don't think I did too well. I think you beat me out. Or maybe I'm one. Um, uh, when maybe. I was uh, putting this together, I can say that, yeah, pretty much I did. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I didn't want to be presumptuous and, you know, yeah. uh, getting ahead of myself. What they what they say back in the 70s, you were, you were a sucker. <laughs> right? <laughs> sucker. <laughs> yeah, so you actually had a good week, Calvin. You won 11 games, but your boy over here won 13. And so, you know, um, you, you did all right with your little picks and stuff. We both hit on the Bills. They blew out the Patriots last week. Uh, you picked the Falcons, and I picked the Steelers. The Falcons should have won that game. Actually, no, the Steelers actually dominated. Right, no, still it. Yeah, the Steelers, you know. The Falcons got close, but the Steelers were leading from, uh, I believe, the opening to the end. I don't think the Falcons ever took the lead. Yeah, we both were right on the Packers and the Lions and the Vikings, we call those games correctly. But we uh, we both were washed on the uh, commanders. We picked them to beat the Giants, and that game was a tie. Yeah. So we, we didn't get any points for that. We both picked the uh, Eagles, the Browns, and the Seahawks. They won. But this is where you tripped up a little. You you picked the Dolphins over the Niners. Uh, and who, Tua probably who had one of his worst games ever. But who knew that the Niners were going to bring in the third string back up? Yeah, and dude was the draft and he had a good game, right? You Garoppolo, his foot is broken. You didn't already lost Trey Lance, and you bring in the third string, and they keep on rolling like nothing's wrong. And so, uh, and the Chiefs, uh, they had a lead going into the fourth quarter, but uh, the Bengals had their number, and uh, this is the fourth straight win. I finally, finally right. Thank you, Bengals. Them bastards won. <laughs> Thank you, she Bengals. should have won that game. Now, I was wrong on the uh, Raiders Chargers game. The Chargers stink, and I, I, and that was I knew my that. Upset special. That was your upset special. Raiders did win that. The Cowboys, they blew out the Colts. Uh, that Jeff Saturday experiment is not looking that good. Nah. And <laughs> let's talk about our Baltimore Ravens. <sighs> The second, so that was the second. Were you most at that game? game? Did you go I've to that game? To. You've been in that. You okay? Yeah, Check. that's the second most boring game. The most boring game I've ever been to was the week before against Carolina. Um, that what was that? That ended what thirteen? Thirteen three or ten? Something? No, thir- thirteen. Yeah, thirteen three. Thirteen three, and this was the second most boring game, and it's only second most because they did finally score a touchdown in dramatic fashion at the end of the game. But right. that game was nine to three going into the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter. Now, well, let, let, let me remind you, you predicted a 34-3 Ravens <laughs> win. I'm not sure which Ravens you have been watching from the week before, but you said they would win 34-3. to you ain't gotta bring it. You ain't gotta bring us. He always bring old shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Ravens are struggling. Lamar, he goes down in that game. He has a PCL uh, strain or sprain, excuse me. And so he'll be out at least for the next two to three games, which is kind of crucial because they're heading into the division games. And yeah. so uh, we it's still a week this week, first still a game, and then after that, uh, you're on the road. 
uh, with the Browns. Yeah. And so two back-to-back AFC North games on the road. Road games at that. Road games at that. It's getting cold. But to hype up the run game, they uh, released, they waived Mike Davis, and they activated J.K. Dobbins. And so it looks like J.K. Dobbins will go tomorrow, or at least will be active for that game which is great. I think they need that speed, that burst that he provided. He played well those couple games that he did play this season and uh, before going back out uh, to have arthroscopic surgery uh, follow-up. And so he's back. And they activated Marcus Williams. And so That's the big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, back there, he was leading the team in interceptions before he went down with his wrist injury. He was uh, leading the league, actually. When he, he was? Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. He was Fantastic. leading the league when he went down. Yeah, and so uh, he's coming back uh, to uh, get back there. So that means probably Geno uh, Stone will uh, get back to just, you know, playing a certain role. Thank you. Uh, and all, which is great because uh, he has some problems with coverage. And so uh, we'll see how that back end looks. I think it's going to be a super defensive game. And so we're looking forward to that tomorrow. And then the Bucks, they they lucked up and won that Monday night game. You had the Saints who are ahead. They're driving. They had the ball with four minutes left. They uh, threw a pass to Mark Ingram, who had, uh, has already injured and re-injured himself, who ran out of bounds before getting the first down. And so they come out, it's third down and one, and they throw a pass <laughs> and <laughs> didn't get the first down. Uh, the Bucks promptly get the ball, go down the score, and then they get the ball back again and go down the score again to win the game. And so uh, the Saints, uh, they just they can't get it together this year. They should just go ahead and play Jameis and see what they can do with Jameis. They started off the season well with Jameis, but after injury, he's never been able to get that job back. And I, I don't think if Allen does not win any uh, more games, uh, he might not have a job to come back to at the end of the season as well because there's a lot of people out there that – you know, could serve as good candidates. Um, let me go back to the Ravens for a minute. There was speculation that Greg Roman uh, was a top candidate for the Stanford job, but now it appears that uh, the former Cowboys coach is a uh, uh, Jason Garrett is now the top candidate for. No, they they actually hired someone. They hired um, a guy from um, uh, some smaller school. They actually, they, I just saw it today. Oh, okay. All right. They, no, they hired someone from a small school. So Jason Garrett is no longer a candidate. They actually have their hiring. But the worst part about it is that we were trying to get Greg Roman to leave. During yeah, the people season. were praying <laughs> and fasting that, yeah, they hired some guy from Sacramento State, um, pulling it up around, uh, Troy Taylor. Uh, never heard of him. He's the new, new, he graduated from Cal and he has been the coach at Sacramento State since 2019. Here's another one. Dion, I think, again, you don't want a Dion, but you're hiring some guy from Sacramento State. (laughs) Forget Dion and everybody else. Why don't you want Greg Roman? Hey, Greg. Roman, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Take <laughs> Greg. Roman. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Greg Roman remains and um, we, we just got to keep on moving on. And so let's go ahead and get into these picks. We both washed out on the Thursday night game because our man Baker Mayfield, Baker. who is with the Rams for 48 hours, comes in. And leads them to a comeback victory. 
uh, the Raiders, they just, this is just not their year. This is just not their season. Josh McDaniel needs to be fired. Yeah, that, that's that's horrible. That defense is horrible. You but you got a guy that's game win streak. They were playing well. Yeah, it wasn't because of the defense. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, because Devontae he he put on a clinic. I mean, he he turned uh, the boy Jalen Ramsey into toast. But um, <laughs> yeah, that defense is horrible. And you're gonna let a guy that's only been with a team 48 hours. <laughs> oh, that's that's gotta sting. That's gotta sting something horrible. They just plugged them in because it was just like fantasy football. They just ain't had nobody. Right. They just had to see who was available. <laughs> and they still paying Gruden money. Uh, and so they can't go get another coach. So they're stuck with him at least for the length of this contract. So they, they, they're stuck with, Jeez. yeah, so they, they can't make any moves. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And so let's go ahead and get into the picks. Uh, the Jets, who lost a very close game last night, uh, last week to the Vikings, they're on the road to playing the Bills. Who you got? Who I want, I want this upset pretty badly for the Jets. Um, the Jets really need this game, um, but they're on the road. I'll take, I'll take Buffalo. All right. I'm taking the Bills as well. You know, that's my Super Bowl pick. And uh, the Bills, they did have some bad news. They lose Von Miller for the rest of the season. But I think they got a good enough defense to to keep it rolling without Von. But, you know, uh, having that uh, automatic sack uh, pressure there is, um, you know, they might miss that a little further down the road. We'll see. I think that's going to hurt them in the uh, playoffs, though. You think so? Yeah. 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 We'll see. I mean, uh, Josh Allen, I mean, and Stefan Diggs, that's enough to carry you. I mean, that connection they put on the show uh, that last Thursday night game against the, a very good Patriots defense. Um, and, you know, maybe that might be enough to carry any deficiencies that they might have on defense. So we'll it, it would be until you're seeing teams like um, the Chiefs and the Bengals, teams that can score right along with you. Right. Right. So that's why they play the games. Uh, as a matter of fact, here's another reason why they play the game. Uh, the Browns, they visit Cincinnati to play the Bengals. I believe the Browns have won the last four games Joe against Burrow the Bengals. never beat the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but I, I don't think that makes any difference for this one. I, I'm taking the Bengals. Who are you taking? Um, I'm only going to take the Bengals because it's Deshaun Watson's second game. In his first game, he looked like trash. If right. If they still had Jacoby Brissett in there, I'd probably take the Browns, but I'll take the Bengals. All right. Uh, the Texans, uh, they visit Dallas to play the Cowboys. Um, I'm taking the boys. Yeah, Cowboys easily. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an uh, – uh, the Texans, they're, they're in line to get the first uh, draft pick this season. Uh, the Vikings, they visit Detroit to play the Lions, and if for some reason the Lions is favorite in this game. Um, I know the Vikings have they kind of squeaked to win the last couple games. Nobody believes in uh, uh, the Vikings uh, in, in terms of this season. And um, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I texted Garland earlier this week. I've been thinking about this game all week. I was like, yeah, this is going to be my upset special. Garland was like, yeah, me too. And then I was, and then I heard that the lines are favored anyway. So it's not even an upset special, but I'm going to take Detroit. You're going to take Detroit? All right. All right. All right. I got to uh, pick another upset special, man. I'm taking Detroit as well uh, in this game. I, I think this is – they had the first game, and uh, Dan Campbell, he's, he's good for losing some games. And so – um, the spread in this game, I think the, the Lions are minus 1.5 is the spread. 
And I thought it went up to two. Maybe it, it was at two. Maybe it dropped down. It, so time. it dropped down. And I'm looking at FanDuel right now in terms of the odds. Uh, they're not a sponsor, but hopefully they'll be in the near future. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Jaguars, they visit Tennessee to play the Titans. Um, I, I, the Titans, although they got the doors blown off of them last week by the Eagles, they run the AFC South. Uh, the, the Jag, I, did they, I think the Jaguars beat them earlier this year. Am I correct? They beat them uh, down in... Yeah, the, Jag, the Jaguars started out strong. They beat them earlier this year, but then the Jaguars got their doors blown off of them last week. After they um, beat the Ravens, but I believe Trevor Lawrence is hurt. He's not playing, so I, I, Titans here. I'm taking Titans. Titans. I'm taking the Titans as well. No reason to talk it up. All right, the Eagles. They visit uh, New Jersey to play the Giants. This is kind of like those old Sunday night games that we grew up uh, watching, like the four o'clock games before sixty minutes. You hear the the sixty minute uh, time that meant that the weekend fun was over. Go study. <laughs> Go get in them books and try to uh, act like you're studying for that test you ain't studied for the whole weekend. Ron so, Jaworski against Phil Simms. Was yeah. Phil Simms playing when Ron Jaworski was Yes, playing? he was. Yes, okay. He was. okay. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm taking the Eagles in this one. Eagles on a roll. I, I think they are the team to beat in the NFC. And so who are you taking? Yeah, uh, Giants are fighting for their life, uh, yeah. their life, and I don't think they're going to make it out. I actually think the Redskins are going to finish uh, the Redskins. The Commanders are going to finish higher than they are. Um, easily, Eagles. Easily. Do you know Jalen Hurts is my MVP? Jalen Hurts is my yeah. MVP right now. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs, they visit uh, Denver to play the Broncos. I, I have the Chiefs. No way Chiefs lose two in a row, especially not to Denver. Yeah, I mean, Denver, it's a shame because their defense is so good. So good. Really good. And uh Russ Wilson, he's just it's a shame. I mean, he we were talking all this let Russ cook. Let's ru- let Russ cook, but Russ it, just he ain't even cooking, he just throwing yeah. it in the microwave for 30 seconds. Right. I, he putting it in the toaster oven. I don't even think he's throwing <laughs> it in the microwave. Uh the Bucks, they visit uh Santa Clara to play the Niners. It's kind of like a homecoming for uh tom brady he's from the uh, bay area and so i'm taking the niners though who are you taking i can't believe i claimed the niners were the best team in football but then i picked the dolphins to beat them and they lost yep they? you sure did <laughs> um i'm gonna take the niners if the bucks defense were a little better um i would take the bucks but their defense really fell off ever since the ravens game they, yeah their defense has gone in the trash i'm taking the niners uh, who's quarterbacking for the Panthers now? <clears throat> PJ uh, Walker. Donald. Donald is back. Okay. Is back. All right. And so uh, they're playing the uh, Seahawks in Seattle. I'm taking the Seahawks. Easily the Seahawks. All right. The Sea Chickens. We take both take them in this game. Uh, the Dolphins. Uh, your pick. Uh, last week they are in uh, SoFi in LA to play the Chargers. Chargers, they're going to put up some points, but they can't stop anybody. I'm taking the Dolphins. <laughs> you contemplate and you stop. I, yeah, I've been thinking about this game a lot. Um, the Dolphins are definitely a better team. But I think the Chargers are due for a big win. 
All right. So I'm you go to upset special. Give this is your upset special. All right. Give me the charge. All right. All right. Uh, you heard it first here on uh, Fanboys and um, the home team, uh, the Ravens. They go up to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Uh, Tyler Huntley, Snoop. It's going to be starting. Uh, we already talked about Lamar being out for the next several games because of the PCL um, spring. Uh, the defense is playing lights out uh, the last couple of weeks is really, I would attribute those wins to the defense uh, playing very well. Of course, they love to turn scrub receivers into all pros, but I think with the return of Marcus Williams, that'll definitely shore up that back end. Uh, as long as, you know, they rotate some help over to, um, Oh my God. Marcus wow. Peters. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Peters. I think we should be fine. Um, these games are always close. I mean, this is not going to be a blowout. I, I I would predict the Ravens by three. I think it's going to come down to a field goal um, or, um, you know, nothing more than seven points. But I, I still believe the Ravens have enough to win. I, I, hopefully uh, we get a healthy Ronnie Stanley back uh, in the lineup tomorrow. That might negate some of the impact of uh, T.J. Watt and – you know, I, I think this is a game they can win, but I, I don't think they're going to blow them out because these are always close games. Yeah, man. Um, you talk about how the Ravens let these uh, unknown receivers flourish. They got a guy over there, George Pickens, that's about to be a major superstar. Yeah. I'm very worried about him in these upcoming seasons. Um, he's going to be, and we already know Deontay can play. Um, let me say this, and, and I'm going to pick the Ravens for the record. I'm going to pick the Ravens, but let me say this. There was something about – so we know how good the uh, Denver defense is. Watching Tyler Huntley throughout that game, watching him with those quick throws, those quick releases, there was something there that Lamar has not had this season, um, and that is that quick release that, that you know, Lamar likes to lock in on Andrews mm -hmm. or one target, and he's not looking around. Just watching Tyler Huntley come in that game last week, he does not lock in on anyone. He makes his reads, and he hits a guy as soon as he's open. Now, Tyler is not going to throw that deep ball. I, his arm is not as strong as Lamar's. Lamar is the better player. But I do believe getting rid of that ball as quick as he does is going to negate that T.J. Watt pass rush. I got the Ravens winning. I got the Ravens by 7 to 10 points. What? I – Tyler, okay, it's something about that Tyler Huntley release, man. It's I just I see him and he looks at everybody. He hit likely. He hit Kenyon Drake coming out. Um, he hits everybody. He's not just looking one way. I and on top of all that, he can run. He can scramble and run also. Okay. Now Ronnie Stanley, if Ronnie Stanley comes back, that's definitely gonna solidify what i'm thinking but i think even without ronnie stanley the ravens can win by a touchdown all right the over under for this is 36.5 and so th th they're not looking as a matter of fact i think this is the lowest it's the lowest of the for of the week it's the lowest of the week yeah but that's a 17 that's a uh what 20 to 17 game well that's a 20 to 17 guy, game 27 mm -hmm. to 10 game uh, i'm mm -hmm. sorry uh 20 what am i thinking about? what am i trying to say it's like a, a, a 27, a 26 to 10 game. Yeah, 26. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I got the Ravens. Uh, yeah, I got them by a, a touchdown, maybe 10 points. I, I can I can see it if Huntley plays like he was playing um, at the end of the game last week when he came in for Lamar. 
He okay. gets rid of that ball, man. And he, he does. With it. He I think the key is he just can't turn it over. I mean, in the game last year when uh, he started against the Steelers, I mean, he threw it away in the red zone a couple times. And yeah, yeah, and he, I, I think he threw, he targeted uh, Mark Andrews at least 14 times. So he's going to have to spread the ball. They're going to double team Andrews. You've got to spread the ball. He's got to take some chances downfield. It just can't be the five yard um, outs or whatever, you know, the crossing routes. He's got to take some chances, but he he cannot turn that ball over. He that So the interception that he threw um, last week when he came in the game, um, on the play, the pass to Mark Andrews, mm-hmm. that was the same, almost the same exact route. And I don't know if it was a planned route that he threw to Kenyon Drake at the end of the game to get him down to the two. What he did was he saw Andrews open, but when Andrews saw him scrambling, he did like he does with Lamar. He turned and ran upfield. What, mm-hmm. uh, what Huntley did was threw the ball to where he was and not to where he was going. And when I saw it, I was like, that's all chemistry right there. And then when he came down and did the same thing with Drake, I think he learned quickly, like, if I'm scrambling and this guy's here, he's going to run, you know, what they should do, run themselves open. And he hit him. Um, yeah, man, you're right. He can't turn the ball over. But I don't think – Huntley is not a bad quarterback. He's not Lamar, y'all. He's not mm-hmm. Lamar. Stop it. Stop right. Stop it, Ravens fans. He's not Lamar. Okay. He's not a bad quarterback. I think he can win with a uh, against the Steelers team that's not that great. I think he can win tomorrow. Okay. All right. And uh, to close out the Monday night game, you had the uh, Patriots are playing the Cardinals. Uh, the Patriots, they're going out to Arizona to play them. Uh, the Cardinals are just terrible this season. A uh, little man, he just he can't see above uh, the line of scrimmage. Um, if you've watched the uh, Hard Knock show that's following them in season, it just – uh, I don't think Clingsbury makes it through. He's not there next year. I, He's I, absolutely not there next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's obvious that um, the quarterback hates him. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I, I don't think he's there next year. But uh, I'm taking the Patriots. I, I think Insurrection Jones will do enough uh, to to help them get a win. I think the defense will probably, you know, get a couple sacks, a couple interceptions, and, you know, that that'll carry them. Yeah, I got a heavy Ramondre Stevens game for the uh, Patriots for them to win. Kobe Myers, I don't believe, is playing. Um, who's the other guy? Devontae Parker. Um, yeah. He's the other receiver. But I, I got a heavy Ramondre Stevens game. Um, I got, I'll got. i take Patriots, too. I was taking mm-hmm. them anyway. And the Monday night game for week – I mean, excuse me, the Thursday night game for week 15 uh, is a good one. Uh, we have the Niners going to Seattle to play the Seahawks, and uh, that'll be for the – uh, the NFC West, uh, the, the Niners right now are eight and four going into this weekend's game. And the uh, Seahawks are in second at seven and five. And so this could be a uh, two teams really looking for the head of the division in this game on Thursday for week 15. And so um, I'm still going to take the Niners. I think uh, the Niners are the class of the division. Um, you know, I, I think the defense is just head and shoulders above uh, everyone else. I would much rather see the Niners play this week and see how the quarterback responds in game two before I pick. However, mm-hmm. however, I'm going to pick because you did pick. You picked uh, the Niners. I think the Niners defense is just really strong, so I'll take the Niners also. All right. All right. All right. Fantastic. All right. And so let me go back through the picks real quickly. 
we both take the Bills over the Jets, the Bengals over the Browns, the Cowboys over the Texans, the Lions over the Vikings, Titans over Jaguars, Eagles over Giants, Chiefs over Broncos, Niners over the Bucks, Seahawks over the Panthers. Uh, the, the upset special, I'm taking the Dolphins over the Chargers. Calvin's taking the Chargers over the Dolphins. Uh, we're both picking the home team, Ravens over the Steelers, and we both take the Patriots over the Cardinals. Man, stop picking my picks, man. I, bro, I need to you, make up some ground. I know you're trying to, you know, catch up with your boy. Right now, I'm like 118. You're nine behind, but, you know, ain't nine. nine. Yeah, you know, you're a little nine behind, but, you know, maybe one week I might have a little – you know, a little bad week, maybe. <laughs> one week, maybe. One day I might have a little bad day. Let you catch up a little bit, you know. This yeah. is kind of like golf, you know. You, we had to do a little handicap. You want me to give you a little handicap? See if you want to <laughs> give you like a two, three game handicap. Let you catch up. No, I don't need no, you don't I don't need need handicap. no handicap. All right, man. I, you know, just trying <laughs> to help you out, bro. Just trying to help you out. All right, man. So uh, we're at the point of the show uh, where we get ready to close out and uh, with a little come on, yo. And so uh, I'll go ahead and jump out there with my come on, yo, first, because it's not super long. Um, I'm glad that we had that discussion about Dion. Um, and it's good. I respect, you know, both ends of the argument and all. And I just want people to do this. I want people to understand that we can have a, a nuance in our opinions and insight on issues. It doesn't have to be black or white or yes or no, or positive or negative. You can see positives in something, but you can take people to task and you know get into particular things. And no, you're not trying to count people money. Somebody accused me of counting Dion's money and he gotta feed his family. Like Deion Sanders, you act like Deion Sanders got an EBT card and he's on <laughs> he's on Tanner. Come on, y'all, stop it. Deion's on every commercial on Saturdays for football with Aflac. So that's a, a, a several million dollar endorsement deal. Deion's okay. He's not he's not out trying to sell the EBT card to get some money. All right. <laughs> and so we can have a nuance of opinion, y'all. We can we 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 can question motive and integrity and uh all those things and it's cool um and it's all right we can do that it's okay so i one i want to say that so I, I i appreciate calvin and i really having this you know discussion about that and being able to have a nuanced opinion about what we think uh happened with dion but my biggest thing about uh i want to with my come on yo I was sent this clip the other day. It was um, a guy's name is Jamal Bryant. And Jamal Bryant, he's from Baltimore. Um, his father was a, his father's like, if you talk about really on a TD Jakes level in terms of a mentor to pastors throughout his country, his father, Bishop John Bryant, he's retired now, an AME Bishop. If he was a, if when he came out, if they had like TV ministry, like the way they have it now and internet and all this stuff and conferences that really made TD Jakes big, he would be on the TD Jakes level. His Absolutely. father. Absolutely. Uh, his mother also very prolific. Uh, Cecilia um, Bryant, big author, therapist, very prolific. 
Well, their son, Jamal, um, he's, you know, he started a church here in Baltimore, Empowerment Temple. It grew to become very big. And he's been at the forefront of a lot of discussion and issues and, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. And uh, he left Baltimore uh, to become pastor of a church, a new birth missionary Baptist church in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, a little bit outside Atlanta, but anyway, Atlanta, Georgia. And um the other day he was on someone's podcast and he was talking about how he wants people at his church that smell like weed. And he said that, you know, his church and, and Jamal, I don't call him Jamal. That's to me, that's a little bit disrespectful. Pastor Brian, uh, he said that, you know, his church, and he loves to brag about his stuff. His church is the largest black church landowner in the country. They, they they must own a lot of real estate in, in, in Georgia. And he was saying, you know, hey, I told my leaders, my deacons, we should be growing weed. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> we should be growing weed. And, you know, imagine a young man seeing that, like they're growing weed at the church. I want to go there. And so I, I want to say this about that the draw of the church is jesus period if you ain't preaching jesus the his birth his ministry his death his resurrection that's the draw if you're doing anything else besides jesus as the draw for the church it's not the church if you're holding all that land pastor bryant why don't you start a food co-op if you want to teach people how to farm? Uh, and you can address the inequalities of the, the food apartheid that a lot of our African-American communities face where there's lack of healthy food options, where there's no fresh fruit or um, supermarkets in uh, majority Black neighborhoods. I mean, here in Baltimore, you, there's barely any inner city supermarkets in majority black neighborhoods where you can go and get fresh food. And so if if you wanna teach people how to farm, why don't you do a black co-op and do that? Or, hey, why don't you build some affordable housing or some you know mixed income housing to give people an op uh, opportunity to develop generational wealth through home ownership, really, which has created wealth in this country through being a homeowner. That could do better than being a medical marijuana provider for the church to draw people to the ministry. I, I, I'm sure you could probably draw just as many people to the ministry doing that work as opposed to growing and selling weed. So <laughs> um, as my man Stephen A would say, get off the weed. <laughs> And I, I mean, I know Jamal want to get to the yams, but <laughs> if the yams ain't Jesus for the church. <laughs> I can't believe you just said Bryant and yams. You, yeah, he went, <laughs> you know, he, he didn't got to a lot of yams. You made but, my case that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'll talk about the finance. He want to get to the yams because he's talking about the money. But uh, that's not the way, my friend. And so um, I know he's a frequent listener to um, <laughs> fanboys. And so Pastor Bryant, come on, yo. 
that don't do that, yo. The church and the world has to be separate. If they both together, you're not gonna be able to tell the difference. Yeah, it's it's you know it's such a um, I I try to I don't want to say stay away, but I try to make sure I listen prior to um, responding to any discussion that has to do with um, the non-separation of church and state. Um, because it's it's really tricky, you know, from from one end, if you're just the normal lay person, you're like, you know, that's a great idea to get money in the church and invest in that. Um, but if you're on the other end, you're kind of like, you know, with the traditional church, you're like, well, is that really who we want to draw in? Does it draw in the right element of people? And like you said, is that the message that we want? Like, are we selling church or are we selling weed? Which, you know, right. it, it's really, it's, it's really sick. So I completely understand um, any discussion about it. Now, um, the other end to that is the, just the, I'll say the social history of Pastor Brian isn't the best. So, you know, adding this as an element to it is going to cause um, even more rift with what people think of him. So if he's yeah, comfortable with that, yeah. then, you know, it's just... He, he is. He's comfortable. I mean, he has to know that that's that's a lightning rod comment. Yeah. And yeah. so I've heard people already, pastors are already up in arms discussing it. And yeah, you, no, the draw to the church is Jesus, not... Oh, they sell weed. They're growing weed. I want to learn how to grow weed. You can do that by just going on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and you don't necessarily, you know, yeah. I, hey. I'm sure one of his arguments is, you know, it could bring jobs. You know, you don't necessarily need that okay. to bring jobs. Hey, go go open a liquor store then. Yeah, you could, yeah, you know. You yeah, yeah, the church, yeah. If you're going to do weed, <laughs> might as well open up a liquor store too. I mean... <laughs> Hey, I want to get learn how to uh, sell uh, alcohol and be a, a liquor distributor. You know, hey, the church is selling forties. <laughs> let me let me get my couple. Of <laughs> uh, um, so I alluded to this uh, earlier, and, and I was listening to a podcast, and I can't quite remember um, the name of the podcast, so I apologize to not give credit. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the commentators mentioned that he heard from a reliable source that the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens would not mind possibly shutting down Lamar for the season to see what Tyler Huntley has. Um, that kind of gives you the impression that oh my Lord. The, the Ravens are not set on whether they want to pay Lamar anything. Um, you know, of course they're going to franchise him next year, but it's possible if they see something from Tyler Huntley um, that they like that they could really look at Huntley because Huntley's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, they could possibly look at him as Lamar's replacement if Lamar doesn't sign to the money that they want him to sign to. Let me just say this to the Baltimore Ravens. First of all, I'll start with the easy, come on, y'all. <laughs> if you let Lamar Jackson walk for Tyler Huntley, who, again, not a bad quarterback you will lose a whole lot of fans you may even right. lose the city you may even have to move the ravens may have to move to another city like you, look lamar jackson has brought you an mvp brought you prominence and brought you winning records 
I don't understand how you could even be considering that. Now, maybe you're saying to yourself, well, Lamar isn't going to sign for what we want him to sign for, so we have to look at our secondary plan. No. Look at your secondary plan when you know that the primary plan is not working. There's no reason for this to have even come out as a possibility. The only reason Tyler Huntley should be in the game is because Lamar's injured. We should not be hearing anything about, oh, the Ravens wouldn't mind seeing what the backup has just in case Lamar walked. There should not be a just in case. In in no scenario has anyone, any commentator, anything said if Lamar leaves. They all say the Ravens have no choice but to sign Lamar Jackson. And it's absolutely true. What are we thinking about? What are the Ravens? Come on, y'all. Come on. First of all, first of all, you gave Greg Roman a pass because everyone was injured last year. Give Lamar a pass because Greg Roman has been there his whole time. Right. Dave, you trying to tell me that you don't think Lamar is worth the money being in a Greg Roman offense? But you kept Greg Roman another year? Greg Roman should be gone. And you know what? You know, I don't even mind if you kick off John Harbaugh. But you better keep Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is Baltimore Ravens football right now. Lamar Jackson in any other jersey is sacrilegious. It, it, right. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. There's a, come on, y'all. I might, I might even leave the Ravens as a fan if they let Lamar walk. Now, I, I'm going to say it that way. Let Lamar walk. I'm not going to say if Lamar decides to leave. I'm going to say if they let him walk. If you don't do everything that you can to re-sign him, I may have to leave the Ravens. Because the only reason I actually came back was because of Lamar Jackson. Come on, y'all. Come on, Ravens. Yeah, that's crazy. Somebody got to stop. Yeah. Um, Eric DaCosta can't be that crazy. Eric, I know you listen to the show. You can't be that crazy, yo. You can't be that crazy, yo. Huntley was one in three last year as a starter. And that one game against Chicago, if you remember, they had to pull that out in the last minute of the game. (laughs) They had to pull that out. And so, yeah, let's know. We, we've seen – there's a reason why uh, Snoop was a undrafted free agent signee. There's a reason why he did not get drafted. There's a reason why he's a backup. Okay? Lamar Jackson is that franchise. I would say this. It's been uh, management malpractice and coaching malpractice that they have not gone out and gotten him great receivers. Thank you. That's mal. I mean, and they said on the ESPN, and I agree. I mean, we were saying that Josh Allen was a bum until they went out and got Stefan Diggs. Tua was a bum until they went out and got Tyreek Hill. Okay. And so you have to have a top receiver that someone that gets the ball that gets open all the time to, to, to help these quarterbacks. And Lamar has not had that type of experience uh, during this time in Baltimore. And, you know, and so I agree with you. If, if there's a move that needs to be made, it's gotta be Roman. I would even say a uh, Harbaugh, but yeah, they go with Tyler Huntley and think you're going to make a Super Bowl run. Hmm. All right, yeah. Come on, yeah. Exactly. And and you so the receiver thing is absolutely right. Look at Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson right. has given him life. Kirk Cousins has survived off of Adam Thielen. 
Then you go to Stefan Diggs. Then you go to Justin Jefferson. Look right. at how he's survived. Kirk Cousins is not a great quarterback, but he's had great receivers. You just need one. And you right. need one that can play every level of the field. Look and at Jalen Hurts. They Jalen Hurts, they went out and got AJ Brown. Exactly. And and Jalen Hurts is in discussion for MVP. Right. I mean, you gotta have a guy that can play every level of the field. Of course, we had Marquise Brown and he was a thousand yard receiver, but he wasn't an every level of the field guy. Right. You right. got to have a guy that can catch every level. That's right. I, I was clamoring for them to get Juju two years ago if they could got you because Juju can catch every level up. There. Juju said, I ain't coming here messing up my check down. That's Lamar. exactly what he said. He stayed with Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Lamar, but um, <laughs> I don't throw the ball. Yeah, man. So um, come on, Ravens. I hope this is not true, but, but the, the podcast was like you know from reliable sources, and it's a it's a legit podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like reliable sources have told me the Ravens would not mind if Lamar Jackson was shut down for the rest of the season, so they could actually see what they have in Tyler Huntley. And you already know what you have in Tyler Huntley. And I know he's a year has more experience and one more year of experience under his belt, um, but he's not a replacement for Lamar Jackson. Right. The, the, they they would lose the, they would lose the city if that's something that they did. So most definitely. But yeah, man. So another another good podcast. I mean, we were kind of long today. We were kind of long because it's late. Plus, we don't have our broadcast anymore. So you know, right? We gotta get all these. We gotta get this out. talk. Out. Yeah, you know, we, we ain't talking several times a week. Feels out for y'all. You know what I'm saying? So. But yeah, man, make sure you all join us next weekend. So we'll uh, drop the podcast. This podcast may not drop tonight. It may not drop till Sunday morning, uh, but it will drop definitely before any type of NFL football uh, broadcast come on. So you don't think that we home as you, we listening to the NFL stuff and then we dropping a podcast based right. on what they say. So right. I don't want you to think that. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, as always, this is All Things Black. Presents fanboys. Can I get to the yams? <laughs> I'm Calvin. The guy that wanted Dion to save Jackson State is Garland. Mr. Charlie's ice is colder. Can I get to the yams? That's what Dion said to Colorado. Can I get to the yams? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I'm going to use that Mr. Charlie's ice thing to death. I yes. think I'm a. I'm going to post that on social media. That's going to be my new... You know what? <laughs> that's going to be my fantasy. That's going to be my fantasy. Mr. Charlie's Ice is cold. Mr. Charlie's Ice. Mr. Charlie's Ice is cold. Hey, thank you all for joining us. <laughs> we will talk to you next weekend. All right, golly. Have a good one, sir. Can I get to the yams? <laughs> all right, bro. Later. You have been listening to Fanboys, an All Things Black with Garland and Calvin production. Thank you for listening and make sure to rate and review this episode on all of your podcast platforms.